Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. So welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. Today, I've got Melissa and Tanner with me, and we're going to talk about a, a word or a type of person that you've probably all described at some point called a slacker. And I know none of our listeners are actually slackers, so that's good. But you've probably worked with somebody in some point in your life, and either their behavior has been you know, less than what you've expected, or certainly their work, the quality of their work, the timeliness of their work, and it may be affecting your work itself or your customers, whatever. And I think a lot of times people feel helpless in that situation, especially if you're not manager, vice president, somebody like that. So we wanna just talk about that. How do you handle that if you've got somebody like that that you're working with and, and just some real life tips on that. So I'll just kick it off by saying, again, this is very likely. It's probably happened when you were in school doing group projects. I remember even in lower grades, but certainly in college, and you'd have four people get assigned to work on a project and one of the people never showed up, and everyone gets very irritated about that, and then you have to just keep moving on because you have to. You don't want to affect your grade, and then let's say you got an A on it, and then everyone's mad at the fourth person who gets an A because they weren't actually there. So I think even beyond the workplace, we've seen this happen, So, or it could be even something if you have a bunch of friends say they're going to come help you move and one of them doesn't show up. So this is all uh, real life stuff. So I think the main thing I would just, and I'm going to let Tanner and Melissa take it from here, but just talk about not letting this fester, not letting it just weigh on your heart and your brain too long and, and try to get awkward early, which is kind of one of our catchphrases. Yeah, no, I think that it's definitely something you see no matter where you go. I mean, heck, we can talk about it right here. You know, I have this coworker, John. I won't name any names. I'm just kidding. All four of us are sitting right here in the room. Um, but in all seriousness, I do think people generally are going to use the word slacker when you're talking about performance. Um, there's Sure, there's probably the case where someone – might be not a team player they keep to themselves and maybe they get their job done but are still seen as a slacker from like a cohesiveness type of um yeah that kind of but i would say i think most people are going to use it for someone who's not carrying their weight quote unquote right who's not who, like you just said somebody else is having to do their job so to that i think it's key i want to address just from the perspective of someone who may raise that issue, right? So you're listening to this right now and you're like, yes, I've got this person, this person, this person. I, I, I want to go talk to my boss about it. How do I do that? Well, I want to back up just a st step and say, first of all, have you addressed that with that person one-on-one? -on -one? And I would not address it in, hey, I think you're a slacker. Let's talk about it because that's probably not going to go over well. But in all seriousness, I do think you could go to them and just say, um, you know, here's some things I've seen and here's the potential impact of those things. And that's a key phrase we'll come back to here in this short little time together. But potential impact is, is a big indicator of whether you should say something or not. And if you do say something, how you should address it, because you can easily bring that up and say, Hey, I've noticed because of X, Y, Z, because of, you know, the, the delay in getting those numbers to me, I'm now having a delay in getting those to our internal customer, external customer, whatever. But what is that potential impact you even want to address? Because otherwise this could just be a personality conflict, right? You could be calling somebody a slacker just because they work differently than you. And I'll throw that to my 
Melissa, because I'm sure in your HR background, you've probably had people come in your office and complain to you that so-and-so is a slacker, and you may know they're not because they're doing this, this, and this for the company, but there's probably some kind of difference there that they're not on the same page. Yeah. A lot of times people will come in and they think there is absolutely a, a faux pas, if you will, of talking to somebody directly and have to go through the chains or the ranks to be able to have that discussion, and that's not at all the case. Um, I've seen it multiple times across my career, in particular with younger folks, right? Um, They might be an otter. They might be very social at work. (laughs) They might have more fun than they do get more work done. But, you know, it's just an opportunity for us to come to them and say, um, you know, perception is everything and perception is truth in individuals' minds. And, you know, if you're spending a lot of time socializing or whatnot, you know, you might want to rethink that or recalculate how you're spending your time um, throughout the day so that you can be accountable to that on a more professional level. But um, equally, you know, we don't, we talk about this in our sessions too, you don't have to have a title to lead. You can lead without that title. And so, you know, if you're progressing through your career or you just have an opportunity to to step up and coach someone or mentor them on that level, I think that's another opportunity to do that. I I think what Tanner said, yes. And I think what Tanner said is, if you go to the person obviously and say, hey, you're, you're late and it's irritating me, probably not going to go well. But if you said, hey, I know we both have lots of work to do and I've got this report I need to get to my boss or our boss, perhaps, maybe it's the CEO every Friday. So I know that's kind of, at least on my side, it's kind of been a struggle to get that done. I want to talk about collectively how can we make this better because maybe this maybe the slacker has 53 things that are more important on his or her agenda than what you're asking for so let them kind of say well man I, I'd love to get you this stuff on Wednesday but there's no way because I have this this and this and this to do so kind of hearing their side of it first like what what's going on from your perspective here's where I'm getting caught up to me usually that helps bridge that gap at the beginning and then it, again, are our customers getting feeling the impact of this? Is our internal customers, whatever it is, so it's not, like Tanner said, I don't like you, right. you're annoying, or you're purposely putting me in a bad position, because lots of people say that, right? You're purposely trying to not get this stuff to me, so I look bad. If you go in with that type of accusation, certainly not going to go well. But I think to what Melissa said, we don't. We think well. A supervisor needs to handle this because they're an official leader, as opposed to just saying, "Let's chat about this." And we're just human beings. Sometimes avoid that, especially certain personality types, and probably somewhat generationally now. I would say there is a difference with that because it's obvious that younger. I'm talking 25 and under are probably more likely to have used text, and they don't. You know, even our youngest daughter, we noticed when she was younger, didn't want to talk on the phone. So there's probably a little bit more of that now where it's awkward to go meet with someone face to face and they'd rather have somebody else do it. But again, I would say this is one you don't want to do via text or email. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think that's that's, that should be the first step. And what we're talking about here is addressing it with that person. So if that's something you haven't taking the time to do or thought, like Melissa said, maybe I don't even know if I should do that. We're encouraging you that you should in a respectful way, uh, have that conversation. But to, to that next step, elevating it a bit, let's say it is something 
that we've brought to our coworker. We can't see eye to eye on it. They're not understanding our perspective there. It's not going to get resolved at that level. Um, let's talk a little bit about how to respectfully elevate that. And I'm going to go back to that phrase, uh, the potential impact, because same thing, your boss doesn't want to hear you come and complain and say, well, so-and-so is just a slacker around here. Cause again, they may know things that they're doing. You have no idea that they're doing for the company. Um, and even if it's true that they're just, you know, lollygagging around and not carrying their weight, it's still not a respectful way. It doesn't say much about you to be able to, uh, to, n- to not be able to handle that in a, in a mature way. So I would bring that up again until your supervisor, uh, whoever you need to take this to, the, the owner um, or the decision maker that can help in this situation, um, that here's from your perspective what you see is not getting done or being delayed or who's being negatively impacted from uh, this disagreement. Um, but that's going to go along, not to say they're going to agree with you all the time, but that's going to be a much better way to bring that up and something that you can live with again if if something changes or if it doesn't because don't go into this thinking that well if nothing changes i'm quitting probably most of our situations aren't to that level so i would do it in a respectful way so that if maybe you don't get the answer you want so to speak or the instant resolve that you want you can still continue to work with this person and with that supervisor knowing that you've handled this in the right way but uh, what else on that uh, what do y'all think about um, if L- yeah, if it doesn't get resolved at, at my level that I can control and my one-on-one, any other tips or suggestions on how you take that upward in the right way? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a leader in the group, uh, formally or informally, then, you know, it's okay to go to that person's supervisor. I worked in a lot of matrixed organizations, so where I might report into the HR manager or director, for example, but I work on a project team over here that has a cross-reference of procurement, IT, security, safety, you know, all of those things, right? And if that particular person in the other group is not pulling your we- pulling their weight, so to speak, I think someone has to bring it to the attention of the supervisor. And we've talked a lot already about the impact that that makes. And I think just helping that supervisor understand what that potential impact is and bringing some visibility to it, as well as some possible suggestions. Like, you know, if you notice the person is distracted, for example, help that supervisor understand there's some distraction going on in their life, and you may or may not be aware of it. It may or may not be appropriate to bring it up, depending on what it is, of course. But just bring some visibility and some light into it, and then offer the assistance that you need um, to offer to help that manager or supervisor lead that person through it. It's not a disclosure of confidential information. It's just the helpfulness and being a support to that supervisor because they may not have the visibility of it. I do think that's an interesting perspective that you just brought up that most of the time, I think these probably will surface. These types of things might show their face in those cross-functional teams because it's not in a direct reporting situation where, well, my boss told me to do X and if I don't do it, they're probably going to notice that I'm quote unquote slacking. But now if I'm working over here in another department for a short term or for a project or whatever, um, there's probably not that direct visibility. And so real or perceived people may take their foot off the gas, right? Well, I don't really want to be here anyway. So I am being a slacker or just maybe they're, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They, they feel a little lost and they don't feel like they have that direct connection again in their, their normal reporting um, chain anyway. So I, I do think that's very interesting that you'll most likely see that kind of an out of the ordinary type work situations as opposed to just I report to you and you tell me what to do every day. Or there's competing priorities. You know, the person can just be in a tailspin not knowing what to do first, second, or third because everybody needs it all at the same time. And, and in that case, the, the, your, your non-boss is going to get pushed down the list. 
That's right. If you've got 10 sure. things to do, then you're obviously going to go to him or her first. I think, and you guys both touched on this a little bit, whether you're elevating it to your boss or to the, quote, slacker's boss, I think in either case, most likely that leader is going to say, so what have you tried what have you already done? Mm -hmm. And if you said nothing, I just want you to handle it. Generally, that won't go well. And they'll either just send you back out of their office to go, well, then go try that. So our advice would always be, well, no, I, I met with that person last week when we were late. You know, when we were late on the March report, I met with them April 5th and kind of talked about that so that we wouldn't be in the same situation in April, but nothing's happened. Or I've had a couple emails or like you want to show I've tried before you elevate it. And I think, again, if you get comfortable doing that, that'll help you in your career forever. So I think just get ready that if the first step, we always say, again, you shouldn't avoid situations, but I wouldn't in this case just elevate it immediately and hope that someone else will clean it up. Because if anything, that's a reflection on you that you are conflict averse. And if you are interested in taking on more responsibility one day, in the back of their mind, you know, your leadership could be thinking this person is afraid to deal with situations, so just note to self kind of thing. So I think going into potentially a third step here, so we've talked about hopefully addressing this on your level, go to that person, talk about the potential impact, see if you can resolve it on your level, elevating it respectfully when needed would be step two. I would say the final step to this whole process would be being prepared yourself for whatever that result may be, meaning if this doesn't resolve, in a way that I, you know, I think is healthy. What are my next steps? Because I, I joked about this a little bit earlier, but maybe it is something that is so critical, or it's been going on so long that you're looking for other employment. Now, if that's the case, again, do that in a respectful way. But maybe you need to already have kind of told yourself, all right, if this is something we can't resolve, I need to, be, you know, I, I'm not going to become disengaged. I'm not going to become a slacker myself. I'm just going to find a different place to put my talents to use. That is a possible result um, or next step. But I think another way um, would be to see what can I do at my level of influence, whatever that may be, to positively affect the situation. So maybe I've talked to that person one-on-one. -on -one. They don't see it the way I see it. They're not willing to change. I've gone to a boss, a, a leader, a direct a report, a supervisor of that person, whatever the case may be. They're not willing to do it or they don't see it my way then is there anything I can do differently about the way I'm handling this, I'm doing my part of this project, whatever that may be, that can help the situation? Because again, maybe there's things, okay, now that I know what I'm dealing with, maybe I can approach it differently, maybe I can handle my day-to-day -day differently. Um, but I would just, again, think through each of those steps because you don't want to just run straight to a boss. You don't want to just run straight to turning in your resignation every time you don't get along with somebody. So I would think through what are, of those three steps, where am I, where should I be? Um, but I think it takes all of that to uh, maybe healthily uh, address quote unquote slackers in the organization. But what else from you guys on this before we're done? Uh, I was just going to say, I, I think if you already know kind of where you're, where you stand with that person and it, you don't feel like it's going to change, unfortunately the next step still yet is having another awkward or difficult conversation potentially with that person to say, you know, I, I appreciate you listening to me before. I understand we've tried to work through this in different ways, but it's not working. And, and ultimately we as a group are responsible for this. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to start shifting some of the responsibilities to other folks on the team. And, you know, I, that might be uncomfortable or difficult to have that conversation, but that transparency is ultimate. I mean, you can't obviously shift responsibilities and not have that conversation, but for the greater good of the 
team and the end goal, I think you have to make some changes in order to continue to move forward in your path of reaching that goal, whatever that project team is working on. Yeah, and I think even as peers, what you're saying at that point, Melissa, if, if you've tried all this, you can still say the status quo is not an option. Like we can't, sure. we can't just stay here where we're late or whatever. So maybe no. So what's your thoughts? I came to you last month. What do you got? Maybe we can try something different. But I just want to wrap it up by saying, you know, when we do our when we do training as part of the VIP way, we have nine expectations. Basically the same for all levels of employees, staff, or formal leaders. But two things we've talked about today, certainly a lot of it around communicate with excellence, like intervening early, talking to people. But I would put know your people as part of that because if you've never had any relationship with this person, I don't mean that you go out after work for drinks and you hang out on weekends together, but if you don't know anything about the person, you don't see them as a human being and they're just a you know, an, an asset that gets you numbers every month, these are going to be a lot harder conversations. But if you've had at least conversations about family or that they love the Razorbacks or whatever they do, then, you know, if, if, the, if the only time you've ever talked to them is when you have a complaint, it's going to be hard. But if you've got a heart connection a little bit, then, then you, I would know, well, I know Melissa's not being malicious about this. I know she's not just calling me a slacker and angry with me. She, there's a reason she's coming to me. So I know for introverted people, that's harder to do because you're very task oriented. But this is all the more reason, I think, that you, you need to get to know people a little bit. Because once again, once there's a relationship built up, it's kind of like if you go to your favorite restaurant and it, you have a bad experience, you don't storm out. You go, I've been here 10 times before. Tonight was just not the best night. The food was cold and waitress wasn't great, whatever. Same thing at work. If you've got a relationship with people and for now there's a little slip up, most of the time that'll get rectified if there's an existing relationship as opposed to zero relationship. So I'd love to say that it doesn't always come back to those kinds of things, but there's the reason we have the nine things we do in our training sessions because we feel like it's kind of consistent with everything, both good or bad, that happens in the workplace when... It always comes back to those things. So hope that helped. Again, as always, if you are dealing with a situation right now in your life at work uh, or at home, whatever, that you'd want to talk with one of us offline, you know you can do that with us. So just reach out and we'll be happy to do that. Thank you both. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for your future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.